But let's start somewhere close by, your public school library. A lot of Americans really don't like talking about race. You want to make a room of white people feel awkward? Bring up race. Late night host Stephen Colbert joked about this on his show last week when he was interviewing racial justice organizer DeRay McKesson. Stephen Colbert noted that one night on his show, he wore a bracelet reading Black Lives Matter, and some people got really angry. Why do you think people get so mad about uh, the idea of Black Lives Matter? Because it's an idea as much as a, of, as a movement. Yeah, I think that people are uncomfortable talking about the racist history of this country and what we need to do to undo the impact of racism. Mm -hmm. And people would just like to act like we don't have a legacy of racism here. So I think people get really uncomfortable with it. But we know that we can't change it unless we address it, right? One important way of addressing race is to read about it. Books are both a vision into the lives of others, people with different racial backgrounds and different lived experiences than us, and a representation of ourselves, a way to reflect society. It's very interesting to look at what books make Americans the most uncomfortable. Well, hello, Sarah. I am Kristen Peacold. I am the assistant director with the Office for Intellectual Freedom with the American Library Association. Kristen's job at the American Libraries Association is to help keep track of censorship. Specifically, they help out schools and libraries when somebody tries to ban a book. Books can get banned in a couple ways. A parent or a teacher can challenge the book and say it shouldn't be on the shelf. Or a person in authority, like the principal, can just remove the book. This might sound archaic, but it actually happens pretty frequently. Last year, we had 311 reports for, the, for 2014. Wow. But we also estimate that that is only about 15 to 20 percent of the challenges that are actually occurring. Tell us about the books that are being challenged. What patterns do you see um, within what kind of books are getting challenged? Is it mostly the same books getting challenged over and over and over? Yeah, it really is. If you look at like the lists from like the last decade of the top 10 books, you're going to see a lot of reoccurring titles. Um, the Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky, Persepolis by Mar Jane Satrapi, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. When the ALA counted up all the books that had been banned last year, they saw something alarming. The books that received the most pushback were mostly by or about people of color. Right, so when we took a look at last year's titles, um, we started to notice that the author was either um, not white or it took place not in the United States. The main characters might have been not white or not straight or not Christian. And we're like, what is this saying about our culture that people don't want these books on the shelf? And it's not always why they said they chose to challenge it. You know, they usually say it's, you know, sexually explicit or it's bad language. But a lot of times, I mean, the, a pattern like this where eight out of the ten books, it's hard to say that it's not for the reasons of diversity and race and sexuality that people are choosing these books. So eight out of the top ten books that, that saw the most challenges last year were either by people of color or focused um, on people of color or took place not in the United States? That's correct. And so, and so what you're saying here is that the, the reasons people give for challenging these books um, might not always line up with what they're actually thinking. So they might right. say, you know, like Persepolis, for example, which is my uh, the artist and writer Marjane Satrapi, which is set in Iran, they might say this book is sexually explicit, but there might be another. But there's but there's a pattern here, of of being more critical and having more scrutiny of books that are by people of color or focused on 
on the stories of people of color. Right. And if you look at the reasons why someone might have said they wanted to challenge Persepolis, um, they said it was the political viewpoint, offensive language, and gambling. And this is a graphic novel where it depicts, I believe she's about 10 years old, um, during the Iranian Revolution. It's, it's an incredible story about a time and a place through the eyes of the innocent. And if you think about our childhoods in the West, there's just this, this difference. It's the, not the status quo. And I think people are just uncomfortable with that idea. And rather than say, I'm uncomfortable with you know, the Middle Eastern culture being taught in schools, I'm going to challenge this book and say that it's actually just because of the offensive language. So let's take a look at a book that's set in the United States, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. This is, this is frequently on the top 10 list of books that are banned. What sort of reasons do people give for, for wanting this book out of their schools, and what do you think is actually lying underneath that? Well, many people have said that they, the book is unsuited for the age group or the violence. It's culturally insensitive. The drug, drugs, alcohol, and smoking content and sexual education or sexually explicit. And because this book deals specifically with uh, a Native American teenage boy um, kind of putting himself into a, a white culture, he's seeing things that are happening in white culture that I think many white people are, don't want to see in themselves. Mm-hmm. He's holding up a mirror to people, and they're not liking what they're seeing. And so they would rather just take away the book. Well, I think this is so interesting because, like, the role of literature and and books is, in in a lot of ways, to expand our horizons and to to make us think about things that we wouldn't normally think about in our daily lives, and to push us to think about different perspectives and new ideas. And so it's it's just kind of alarming, I guess, to see people say, you know, I, I don't I don't want that to happen. You know, that that these are books that are pushing boundaries for people, mm-hmm. and that. That's, that's what they're made for. You know, that's why we read things in school. Especially in communities that are um, not diverse. It, reading fiction can often expand those horizons. It can lead to empathy. It can show people cultures and worlds and beliefs outside of their own. And that more, the more diverse perspectives that we have widely available to us, the more we can learn about things. Um, independent reading really is a learning process. It allows for people to choose different things and and have knowledgeable choices and exploration. Um, And we need those in order to create thoughtful citizens, people who have independent thought and can make decisions in our world. Book banning isn't a thing of the past. Even today, books that deal with material that some readers are unfamiliar with, like life experiences that are colored by race and racism, prompts some Americans to say they should be banned. But those kinds of books that push boundaries are good. Like DeRay McKesson said, we can't change it unless we address it, right? 